Hi, and thank you for joining us for the whole quaker. So, you guess probably asking yourself if you stumbled across this, who are we? And what the heck is the whole quacker? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm Emma, and I'm going to stare awkwardly at Gillian over Teams until she introduces herself. And I am. Okay. I'm Gillian. There we go. <laughs> so we have worked together for a number of years and came up with a random idea during lockdown to make a podcast, kind of as a vanity project, kind of to keep ourselves sane. I don't really like the term vanity project. Pro- project? Product? Yeah. Yeah, well, I know what you're saying, though. It's kind of, I guess what you mean is we're doing this for us. Um, yes. And if that's vain, then so be it. <laughs> yeah. So no elevator pitches here. We've introduced ourselves by name. The, we'll reveal some more about ourselves, I guess, as we go. Yeah. Um, I guess we wanted to start with why why the whole quacker? And the, we bounced some names around and a lot of them felt a bit... Well, I think they just felt a bit too serious, maybe. Yeah. I mean, they, they, probably did, they probably did sum up a little bit about what we wanted to do and what we wanted to achieve with the podcast. But there was just something a little bit, yeah, kind of a bit flat and a bit serious, maybe. And we needed to kind of inject a little bit of, a bit of life in there, I think. <laughs> And we like quackers. We do like quackers. I just think you know. I feel like anything that allows you to have a few cute pictures uh, on Instagram can only be a good thing, right? Definitely, everyone needs cute pictures on Instagram at the moment, don't they? (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Although I feel like, yeah, maybe I need to hunt out some more quacker ones because at the moment I'm kind of. I feel like I've maybe just hit all the content on quackers. (laughs) Because I guess there aren't many people out there taking selfies with them at the moment. Um, but I think I think in terms of the whole part of it, I mean, originally, Emma, I think that, that kind of came from your idea in terms of, I guess, kind of being your whole self, I guess. Yeah, authenticity and yeah, yeah. Be, being the whole you. Which I think is just as key as the cute quacker. Um, and I guess the other part of the quokka is, well, to be fair, I guess where it came from was when we were trying to look for something a little bit more, I don't know, fun and cute and whatever else. Um, I remember just Googling happy animals. Um, and sure enough, the quokka, as we know, is um, the happiest animal in the world, allegedly. Is it, though? It's really not. <laughs> The poor little quokka. It smiles a lot, but mainly because it's overheating. So, yeah, I kind of feel that probably says even more about what we're trying to achieve (laughs) as the actual smiley face of the quokka. Yeah, so I guess that whole concept of being happy on the outside when you're not necessarily happy on the inside and that. That's okay. We all do a bit of fake happy every now and then, don't we? But one of the things we wanted to bring to this was the experience of it's okay to say I'm not okay and how much strength and power can be in saying I'm not okay. And I guess there's the the lockdown stuff at the moment and the impact of lockdown and about everybody else, but I'm certainly feeling this one is much harder. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. The... It's it's darker, it's colder, there's not the being able to go in the garden in the evenings or work in the garden, the we've been here a while now, the Yeah. So it's definitely having more of an impact on my mental health 
the I thought it was really interesting what you'd said the other day in terms of people can't do their normal coping strategies at the moment quite frequently and actually that means you have to find a new coping strategy and embed that coping strategy and doing all of that in the middle of lockdowns is really hard. Well, I think it's really hard, especially because just at the point you think you've identified a new coping strategy, something else happens, which means you can't use that one either. Um, And the thing with coping strategies for me is they need to be an automatic habit. You need to have practiced them enough times that at a point when you're really struggling, you can access them quite easily. Um, And I think at the moment, for me personally, I, I know I've probably got a coping strategy there that will work. I just can't access it as quickly as I normally would because the habit hasn't quite formed yet um, because it's something I'm trying for the first time and I'm probably not in the best mental health at the moment anyway. Um, so, yeah, I think that's that's absolutely where my head's at at the moment. Absolutely. The So I guess in between lockdowns, you'd discovered open water swimming. Yes, um, I did. And you're crazy. And, I'm not doing it. <laughs> but crack on. Tell us about it. Well, yeah, and I think I think that's exactly it. I think some of, I guess it became a bit of a cliche maybe this year. Well, this year, gosh, we're in 2021. I guess last year it became a bit of a cliche in terms of loads of kind of middle aged women getting in swimming in cold water. Um, But actually, I mean, I started it because a friend of mine really wanted to go and, you know, I kind of said, you know what, if you give it a go, I'll give it a go. What's the worst that can happen? I'll go once, maybe never want to go again. Um, Really, really enjoyed it. But I think a lot for me about what I enjoy about open water swimming isn't weirdly the swimming um even though i mean i i love swimming i kind of i went swimming loads as a kid um i do enjoy that aspect of it but actually what i really enjoy is the fact that i'm in a lake with random swans and herons and more hens and coots and whatever else is around there plus to be honest more recently i guess a really you know really lovely group of women that are doing similar things and to be honest you just have a chin wag while you go around but you're not talking about anything I don't know serious like work or anything like that you really are just kind of well usually you're kind of going on about how cold you are and uh, comparing various warm-up strategies uh, for when you come <laughs> out uh, yeah so yeah really has helped me but obviously since we've gone back into lockdown that's something else that has disappeared I guess and um, I guess I'm lucky because I don't know. In in the meantime, I've been going out running and just trying to get outside. I've really, really, really noticed that one thing I've really benefited from has just been being outside more. I think so many people are finding that, aren't they? the The amount of people turning to like nature reserves and joining things like the Wildlife Trust and the RSPB, and their material on stuff like Five Ways to Wellbeing is is brilliant and stuff for kids like you know kids bird watches out the garden window and stuff and actually I think people are discovering nature like they haven't necessarily before and one of the things I've really liked is we're really lucky we live next to a field and means I can kind of go for a walk at lunchtime or after work and just hearing the birds like never before and I, I think it was autumn watch they were talking about how it's not that the birds are 
louder, it's that there's less environmental noise. So they seem louder. But actually, for me, that just simple thing of birdsong brings me quite a lot of joy. It's the little things at the moment that we're kind of hanging on to, isn't it? Absolutely. And I I think one thing I have been trying to do as one of my coping strategies is noticing things like that more because I'm one of these people who, I don't know, I go out for a walk, I'll take in bits and bobs of my surroundings, but I don't know, I've been listening to music or maybe I've been chatting to somebody or whatever and I've not necessarily taken the time to really appreciate yeah, what I can hear or I guess all the different things I can see and I've really valued being able to get out for a walk, like you said, and I don't know why, but I just love watching all the birds on the river uh, because really randomly, uh, I quite like it when the river's running particularly fast and even if it's even if it's just a few seagulls and they seem to just like ride the river as if it's like a slide <laughs> and then almost like they get to a point, they like go really like, wee all the way down the river and then fly back up and do the same thing again <laughs> and I just think I love it I think it's like the the seagull equivalent of Alton Towers is the way I like to think of it <laughs> and I've never I know, heard the Trent described like that before <laughs> well I know like um my other half would kind of say oh no you shouldn't be like you know kind of personifying or anthropomorphizing your your animals because you know they don't think like humans I'm like well I know that <laughs> But equally, I quite enjoy the fact that a seagull is at Alton Towers. Having a bit of fun. Having a bit of fun. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the the thing that's not helping me is social media. Mm-hmm. And the there's there's that person, and we all know them. You're all going to know this person. They're baking banana bread, <laughs> and the whole house has been cleaned, and they've redecorated on £2.50, and they've learnt a new language. And that isn't everyone it probably isn't even that person to be fair that's probably a very carefully curated view of their life and it's not most people's new normal to coin the term and the I think one of the things that was really important for us to talk about is whatever you are managing it be in this lockdown or the previous one or even when we come out the other side of this it's okay yeah I think that's really fair and I guess what I have noticed really really recently is a few people starting to, on social media, like you say, actually acknowledging the fact that actually always having a house that looks perfectly clean in the photos, everything's tidy, you've literally just done the DIY and it looks amazing. I think there are a few people now who are purposely kind of almost just leaving things as life has happened around them and taking that photo and almost kind of acknowledging the fact that life isn't always like this. And I guess, like I say, a lot of these people are, are influencers. That's their job. And I guess they're making money out of everything, looking great, just as I guess glossy magazines make things look great. Um, but it's harder because on I think on social media, it feels like actually that's someone's real life. And, I'm, you know, their, their life is always like that. Um, but I think you're right. I think it's really actually for me has been curate, curating those people out of my feed if I if I find that it's almost putting too much pressure on about how perfect everything looks um you know what I don't need to follow them <laughs> I don't need that pressure um yeah yeah I like that the the whole yeah I guess it's like the friends and who you surround yourself with stuff isn't it the in the same way that you can curate the people around you you can curate what 
what you do and don't let in on your social media feed. Yeah, so all those people that have been going on their ridiculous holidays um, <laughs> and blasting it all over social media, kind of, oh, you know, I've really needed this, whatever. I'm, you know what? I just, I don't need to follow that. <laughs> I don't need to know. You've obviously got, I don't know, maybe you did need it. Maybe we all need it. Maybe not all of us are getting a chance to do it. I know people who have, you know, had the benefit of going away and haven't rubbed it in other people's faces. And I kind of respect that. Um, so, yeah, I think I am I am definitely actively voting with my unfollow at the moment. And I guess for, yeah, for an influencer, that unfollow is actually quite powerful, isn't it? Yes, especially of the uh, those of the got over a million follows. Me unfollowing them, oh, they're really going <laughs> to oh, take notice. Oh, there goes Gillian. <laughs> Quick, talk about normal. <laughs> um, but we've talked about walking and the the simple pleasures, mm. um, things that we're looking forward to getting back to, like open water swimming. I'm looking forward to the kids going back to school because I'm not a teacher. <laughs> in any way shape or form and huge respect to anyone that is a teacher because my goodness I can't do it <laughs> or it's certainly not at the same time as trying to do my actual job the what what's help, what else is helping you I guess it's stuff like this to be honest and I think this is why us doing something like this was important for me and why I guess you describing it as a vanity project you know what I'm more than happy to call it that if it really is only ever for ourselves and just something that makes us feel a bit better for whatever reason, then let's do that because I guess as a bit more background, both I know both of us feel really passionately about, I guess, kind of being there and helping people really understand some of their own motivations, understanding the motivations of others around them and why I guess they might act in certain ways or how realistically a lot of the time it's not a reflection on you it might be a reflection on the other person they've probably got a load going on in their lives I mean you go back to the quokka and you think you know they're smiling away so you might think they're having a lovely life but realistically yeah they're overheating they've potentially just run away from something leaving their baby lying there as a distraction um they've got a lot going on in their lives and they're still smiling um and i just think you know what sometimes people have got a lot going on and you've got no way of knowing um so it's more about you know what be kind i think you know i know that's a real cliche at the moment um but that's i think something that's really come to the fore for me not necessarily in this lockdown but probably since the beginning of all of this, we are so, so dependent on other people following the rules, doing the right thing, not getting in our faces, um, you know, kind of giving us a bit of room. Um, and I just think I have to remind myself that I can't control other people. But what I can do is, you know, do do unto others as I would want to be whatever that thing is I don't know but it's that thing isn't it it's just kind of trying to treat others the way you'd like to be treated and that's realistically all you can do and yeah let's be a little bit kind and that's kind of getting me through at the moment I would say the that's such an important thing to remember though the whole you can't control other people and for me, in my mental health journey and in my anxiety journey, actually, that's been something that's been really powerful for me, kind of just taking little steps to let go of the stuff that I can't control. The you know, That person that's always late, it's okay. 
They're always mm-hmm. late. I can't control that. The there's no point in stressing about it. No point in worrying about it. The it's not going to change the fact that that person is going to be late. <laughs> no need to flare up my anxiety because they're going to be late. I'll just tell them <laughs> stuff starts five minutes earlier than it actually does. Are you talking about me? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're always late. Always. <laughs> but that whole thing of just taking a moment to think about is this really in my control and if it is okay well what steps can I take to change it versus the this is really something that I can't I can't do anything about and yes I can talk to the the person and bring it slightly into my control but I'm not accountable for anyone else's behavior except maybe Aaron's (laughs) (laughs) probably had to take accountability for my five-year-old but apart from that I think that's really fair but I guess a bit like we were saying with coping strategies earlier, I think I think there are times when it's hard to remember just in the moment that you don't have that control and it can be frustrating that somebody's always late and especially when that means, I don't know, you run out of time in a meeting or whatever and actually it really frustrates me at the end of a meeting when somebody does the whole, oh, it looks like we've run out of time and we've not had a chance to get through everything. You're like, That's because you were late. But you're right. It's it's that whole remembering to take a deep breath and maybe tell them to be five minutes early next time. <laughs> no worse. It's that person who comes into your meeting and goes, oh, I need to drop off half an hour before the end. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> but it's okay. oh, what I find really weird as well at the moment is it's almost because we're doing all the meetings virtually. It's that weird thing of I feel like when you knew you had to get to another meeting room, you would either accept the fact that everyone was going to arrive late or that everyone was going to have to leave early. Whereas now people seem to think that, I don't know, because it's just a dial off and a dial back on again, everyone's just going to be there on time. Um, or almost it doesn't matter if you run over slightly because all you've got to do is dial on to the next meeting. It's like, I might actually need to go for a wee. I'm not being funny. <laughs> and I'm not run- running between meetings and passing a toilet anytime soon. Um, and actually I always worry because... Because I work up in the attic, I do worry a little bit that if I have to run to go to the loo, I might break my neck because I've got to go down some stairs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be a really interesting then follow-up call, wouldn't it? The, yeah, why wasn't Gillian here? She broke her neck because she went for a wee <laughs> between meetings. I know. See, this is it. I mean, do they think of the health and safety about working from home? <laughs> do you still have to report it if it's at home? Oh, I don't know. That's a really good That's point. That's <laughs> Yeah, filling a near missful. Um, but yeah, I just, I feel like the whole control thing, I mean, I'm sure we can talk about that on a future episode. In fact, maybe that's a good thing. Now is a time to maybe talk about some of the things we might cover in yes. future episodes. So I guess we have loads of things we're passionate about. And as Gillian said, the we're really passionate about understanding ourselves more holistically, hence the whole, and the supporting other people as well so we're both line managers and actually that that leadership of other people is really important to us and I guess what's important to say in this whole thing is we're we're not coaches we're not L&D specialists we are not practitioners in any way shape, we're or nothing form. no <laughs> <laughs> we mean nothing but this is stuff that we are genuinely really passionate about and it's one of the reasons why we wanted to do this because we are we're passionate about it and 
you know, even if we can help one person by talking about the stuff that we're passionate about, we've we've done what we came to do. And the there's definitely some stuff that we want to talk about, isn't there? Yeah, and that, I guess I guess maybe just like if I talk about a little bit about why we're passionate about some of this stuff for me personally, it's partly because I think I've just got to that point now. I mean, I'm 45. And I just think I'm past caring about what other people think. But I do remember a time, you know, when I was in my 20s or whatever, and I don't know, I'd worry all the time about what other people thought of me. Now, don't get me wrong, I have my own mental health issues at the moment in terms of especially anxiety, but it's it's less about that now. And actually, I just think gosh, I struggle even now with anxiety and yet I've come through a lot of stuff and I've given up worrying about a load of stuff. So I just try and remember almost what it must have been like being in my own head a little while ago. Um, And I think for me, some of the stuff I learn as I get older or some of the stuff I realise, why did I even bother with that? I know with a lot of the time you've got to learn through experience, you've got to go through it, you've got to realise what does and doesn't matter for yourself. But equally, I just think, if I've learned, even if I can just instill a little bit of something in somebody else, like some of my coping strategies or just some of the stuff that has really helped me understand myself better, then surely that can only be a good thing if anybody can be bothered to listen. Um, and you know what? If it doesn't, then still, I've had a nice time talking to you, Emma. Oh, <laughs> thanks. Because it's not like we can have, you know, face-to-face coffee. They were saying no. earlier, does anyone remember face-to-face conversations? Being in the same room as someone that doesn't live with you? The, that feels like a long way away, doesn't it? It but really the, does. We've spent a lot of time in rooms together talking about this stuff. <laughs> and the so it's some of those things that we want to talk about because we talk about them a lot with our teams. And if we can help someone by sharing them a bit wider and kind of bring them into a real-world context, then why not? And I know values is something that's been really important to both of us over the last few years, kind of better understanding ourselves and how they impact us both at work and at home. And at some point you'll hear me waxing lyrical about Gareth Southgate because I love <laughs> him and his values. The, <laughs> I might the, talk about Oprah, who knows? Or a bit Richard Branson, maybe. Oh, maybe. The, I'm an introvert, Gillian's an extrovert, and we we like to talk about kind of how that shaped our careers and our relationships the you've already heard five ways to well-being and that's something that has really helped both of us in the last couple of years in terms of understanding the coping strategies that you mentioned and and what just makes us feel a bit better but not just us what works for our teams as well the I know imposter is something that's really important to you in terms of just that yeah. reframing and living with imposter syndrome and that's the thing I think the more it's really interesting actually one thing I have done more in the last lockdown and probably the, the, the last one before that uh, has been listening to more podcasts and hence partly where this idea came from but the fact that I almost make a list of every time somebody now mentions imposter syndrome And I love it because what I love about that is you suddenly realise how normal it is. And it's not just women talking about it. It is men talking about it as well. And things like bomb disposal experts who have imposter syndrome. And I just want to, you know, I I just think that's phenomenal. Um, It makes me feel so much better. And yeah, I think there's loads we can talk about around those subjects and really trying to yeah reframe your thoughts so that 
you realize that sometimes your brain is trying to help you (laughs) in a weird way. Um, And it's just trying to almost have that inner conversation with yourself and make sure that you, yeah, I guess you you can still carry on. Um, But yeah, we'll get, we'll get around to these topics. (laughs) It just goes to show you can genuinely do anything because if you can be a bomb disposal expert, but have imposter syndrome, and still cope day to day in that kind of high stress environment. And we were talking about, you know, I wonder if firefighters have imposter syndrome and all of those sorts of professions. The If those people can cope with imposter syndrome in those kinds of high stress careers, we can yeah, all cope, can't we? Absolutely. And I think, I don't know, I just feel like most people I know rock up to work most days. Um, and the fact that they're dealing with potential anxiety or imposter syndrome or anything else, that is, to me, just shows whatever you're dealing with, it is possible to carry on with life. And yes, sometimes some days will be a lot worse than others. And I don't want to belittle that at all. Um, but actually, there are ways to cope. And some days, yeah, you will absolutely need to, I, I guess, kind of like di- dig really deep on those um on those coping strategies um but actually getting through the day can give you that boost that you really needed in the first place so i think anything that we can talk about and i guess just give a bit more flavor in terms of yeah some of the stuff we've discovered when we've been looking into these types of things if that can help one other person i'll be happy you know what? Like I said before, if it doesn't and we just get to chat, I'm also happy Still with happy. that. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if one day we get to do it over, yeah, a cup of coffee and a cake, yeah. preferably. Definitely cake. We like Definitely cake. cake. Banana bread. <laughs> as long as Not someone baked bread. it and put it on Instagram. <laughs> no, we can maybe do it, I don't know, maybe go to Attenborough Nature Reserve, get a slice of cake from there. Yeah. That would be quite oh. nice. Do you see bird the birds? Watching. Maybe I could just go for a bit of a plunge in one of the pools. Uh, not really. <laughs> just I wouldn't throw you off there. the balcony. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's probably frowned upon on a nature probably. reserve. I won't do that. I'm not really into the wild swimming thing. I feel like I'm too. I'm too much of a scaredy cat for the wild swimming thing. I'd rather go somewhere that I don't know. Someone might fish me out if I got into trouble. <laughs> As opposed to, there's something touching my leg. Oh, well, yeah, you do get that sometimes. It's mainly Ugh. just weed. Mainly just weed. So it's fine, Ugh. I would say. <laughs> but, I, but I think on that note, that might be a good time to sign off. Yeah. So if you've made it this far. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Thanks. If you have. I'm trying to work out how long we've been going. A little while. Hopefully it's not been too arduous for anyone. <laughs> Um, but we have a little way that we'd like to sign off. And Emma, I think you should introduce it. <laughs> so we were talking about the concept of the whole quokka and how we'd hold each other to account for the whole quokka. So we'd like you to be kind to each other and most importantly to yourself. We'd like you to be the whole quokka. <laughs> and every time we come back, we're going to ask each other how whole quokka we have been. Yeah. Yeah, let's like check in on ourselves and see if, yeah, if we've literally just been on the surface smiley or whether we've potentially embraced a little bit more about, I don't know, all the feeling, all the feels. We like the feels. <laughs> it's not just all about being happy. All the feels are very, very important. Um, so, yeah, so be the whole quokka. Emma, are you going to be the whole quokka? 
I promise I will certainly try. <laughs> I solemnly swear I will try to be the whole quokka. I feel like I feel like the whole quokka could be different things on different days of the week. So I'm sure we'll manage it, but we'll definitely have a discussion about it next time. <laughs> Absolutely. If you've made it this far, thank you for listening. The We'd love to hear from you, just to know there's even yes. one person out there. So you yes. can follow us on Instagram. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, we're at the whole quokka. Um, or you can drop us a note on email. We'd love to hear what you've liked, what your reflections are, um, something you'd like to hear about because that inspires us as well. So you can email us at thewholequokka at outlook.com. Makes us sound really official. I love it. It does. <laughs> How professional are we? <laughs> right, lovely. In that case, we shall uh, see you next time. Well, we won't see you at all. We no. will. You will hear us next time. <laughs> Be the whole quokka.